You are listening to the Photobomb Podcast with the world's greatest photographers, Boo Ray and Gary. Welcome to the Photobomb Podcast. My name is Boo Ray Perry, and joining me as always is Gary Hughes. Yo, yo, yo. And I want to talk about the scourge of Florida, Gary. I want to talk about something that is uh, near and dear to my heart as an evil that must be eradicated in Humidity? this great state of Florida. Uh, the Seminoles? No. no. Specifically? The college, not the... Uh, specifically in the towns like St. Petersburg and West Palm Beach, where there is a high percentage of older people. Oh, the elderly. This is something that must be stopped. Okay. And I'm talking about... Driving less than the speed limit? No. I'm talking about the sharing charge. The sharing charge. The sharing charge. This is something that people in the North don't know what this is. Um, you know what a sharing charge is, Yeah, it's like you? when you're going to split a meal, they That's charge right. you like six bucks to split a meal. Yes, you go into a yeah. restaurant and you say, uh, you know, I want to order some food. And there's on the menu, it will say there is a sharing charge of $5. That's such BS. It's total BS. I want to buy a hot dog. How much is a hot dog? It's $10. Great, but if you want to give part of your hot dog to someone else, it's $15. I'm sorry, what does what I do with the hot dog have to do? What does this have to do with the elderly? Because they do it, that's why they do it. Right, because they... They do it because the old people come into the restaurant, and they don't eat much. The senior citizens, please. Is that... Am I I a racist? Is that... (laughs) A racist? I'm just, I don't. A racist community covers all. No, I mean old people is, is a little insensitive, but not not offensive. How is that insensitive? And, you know, because that's a, it's relative. You know, somebody who's uh, eighty years old could be running marathons while you're sitting there watching Netflix on your couch. You know, so I mean, but you're, they're still old. Fine, yeah, whatever. Don't, don't get me started on that. Everything, everything is not insensitive. Let's, if it's true, <laughs> if it's true, it is not. It's not racist. Let's stay on target, old guy. Let's go. No, come on, I don't, old fella. I, because that oh, that's another thing. We have to stop that scourge as well. Okay, so here's the thing: like when you, you st- are like when they said you can't call people Oriental, but you have to call them Asian, and I don't know what the difference is between the two. Okay, <laughs> let's just not go there. Okay, okay. Right. I will say that you are complaining about a thing that was. <laughs> that was invented to stop senior citizens from sharing meals. Yes. However, so the so old people are affected by this. So what I'm understanding is that how you're, dare you call them old people? You're, right here. you're spending a lot of time going to places where old people go, well, which no, I could no. infer from that okay. that you, sir, are an old people. No, I've I've just had it happen where I, I just see it every once in a while in a restaurant. It'll say a sharing charge, and my thing is. Okay, so let me let me get this straight. If I go in and I sit down, there's five of us, and I order a sandwich and everyone else orders a Coke, you're okay with that. But if we go into a restaurant and there's five of us, and four of us order filet mignon, and one of us wants to share that with someone at the table, you want to charge me an extra five bucks for that. Yeah, it's crap. It's, yeah, it's complete it's crap. It's absolutely ridiculous. Now, I understand if, you're, if, you're, if your thing is, listen... The problem is you come up, you come in, you take up space at the table, and you don't spend enough money for us to give you the table for the time that you're here. I understand if that's what you're saying, but by sharing, you're not spending enough money. Fine. Set a table minimum. Say, say great. If you want to eat in our restaurant, you, then you've got to spend at least 20 bucks. Okay, great. And then I'll spend 20 bucks. And if I spend 15, you can charge me 20. And who cares what I do with the food? But the idea that if I share my food, you're going to charge me more money. I think those are both terrible ideas. Uh, I think it's, you're basically turning, like we've talked about giving them the pickle. Remember the, the giving the well, pickle? Well, here's thing? the other problem. It's just, it's, there's no reason to turn aggressive on your client base. You immediately make that an adversarial relationship where people resent you for doing that and and i think that it's sort of how much money are they saving or making or or not losing or whatever by having that and how many people does it irritate because if i went to a restaurant and had to share my thing julie and i split food 
all the time. And we oh. have Ellie is with us. We she, have to. She's because 16 listen, months old. Portions are too damn big. So in, in some places, they oh, are very big. Man, we, we, we go to this little place we go with my mother-in-law all the time, a little diner. Fantastic food for a little diner. And the, oh my, the portions are unbelievable. Right. Huge. Unbelievably huge. And so now, about, I mean, just we split last night. And even last night driving away, I said, we still ordered too much food. Yeah. We should order like two things. Or one thing, and all four of us should we split more, it. I'm telling you what, more often than we don't, when we go out to dinner, we drive away with something in a to-go box, and always thinking, like, you know, we could have just split something. We have that conversation almost every time we go out yes. to eat. Now, that being said, we were at this new place. There's this new uh, quick-service Italian place, and it's actually really cool. I feel it's called Stilettos or something, in, um, and it's a small chain in Orlando. Um, and um, they basically they have pasta. You pick the sauce and you pick what you want in the pasta. And they they saute it right in front of you. It's a really cool right. get up, and the food's really good. I ordered a um, I ordered a pasta with shrimp, and it was thirteen dollars. And Julie ordered a ravioli, um, some kind of cheese ravioli thing, and that was like twelve dollars. We ordered Ellie because I saw her portion come out as they were making it, and it was real small. And then. Um, and they they were still sautéing mine. I didn't really see what the portion looked like. And I said, you know what? If Julie's going to split hers with Ellie, I was like, she's still going to be hungry. I'll go ahead and I'll get the kids thing. It's $6. So we get the kids' pasta with broccoli and some other stuff in it that Ellie will eat. And it was twice as big as Julie's portion. <laughs> and I'm like, next time oh, we yeah. come here, we're just ordering the kids yeah. thing. Because you can get the kids thing with four vegetable or different ingredients for an extra dollar. So for $7, you get twice the food and it's the same. It's pasta and sauce. It's pasta. It's sauce. It's pasta. It's sauce. And like, so portions versus prices are just out of whack in the well, restaurant. Oh, absolutely. It's out of whack. And one of the things I do like that some places do, I don't know if they still do it, but when I worked at Macaroni Grill, you could say, yeah, can I get a reduced portion? Yeah. And it was a half portion. It cost, it cost half price plus a dollar. Yeah. And you would get a half portion. And let me tell you, it was never, it was never a half portion. It was more like a 75% portion and right. it was plenty. Right. Absolutely. You know, but the, I'm, you know, so that's a whole other issue, but the sharing charge. It's bullshit. I mean, the share. You want to charge me money because of who I give my food to after I have yeah, bought it? I have paid for the. I bought the food. I can do what I want. I can with do whatever I want to do with the food. Right. You can't uh, tell me that I can't. Ha- you know what? what you know, it's I, not a lease. Here, it's here, Gary. A- let me give you a bite. T- test this cheesecake, and the guy's got to come over, and slap the fork out of your hand, and go, "No, no, you cannot let him have a bite of the cheesecake. Yeah. Not unless you want to kick if, up if five bucks." If there was the a sharing, sharing charge on a bill that I got, I would, I would. And I can't to pay imagine it. it's worth it. I can, I've got to believe that people don't go there because of the sharing card charge as opposed to going there and paying because honestly like sometimes you go somewhere and they have big portions and you just don't it's not like to me it's very rarely about spending we go out to dinner i, I hardly ever even look at the check i just you know right. it's somewhere usually between 25 dollars and 55 dollars, depending on where we go for like the two of us and, and our daughter like it's that you know and I don't really care. I don't look at the check. I just total the thing and I give it to them. Like, I'm not really, right. I'm not like, oh, well, if we all get water, we can save $6. Like, I don't really care. I, I'm not that uh, fiscally responsible of a person where I'm, I, I don't, my, that's why my wife handles the money. But like, it is ridiculous to just, uh, to, to, to have to be in a situation like that and then have to pay money to like, I bought the food. I didn't lease the food. No, no, it's not, you know, a, lease. It's not a lease. I don't have I to watch my mileage and then return it to you. <laughs> like I have to chew everything 32 times and you have to think that it creates a negative relationship. Uh, I, you know, there are a lot of discussions on, in photography groups that I'm in on, uh, Facebook and other forms of social media, um, where, um, people go, Oh, I have a client ask for this. What do I do? And there's always a photographer that takes the position. Well, you just 
beat them down and tell them no. And it's like, and, and it's, it's that when you turn it negative, you turn it into an adversarial right. relationship, you're automatically making it a not good experience. Right. You know, if you find a way to turn that no into something else, or you find, you know what I mean? It's like, you don't want to have to, you're like, well, I teach my clients and I beat them down and I make them sign this and I do this and, and you go like, that's not the type of experience you're going to create that's going to make them want to come back to you. Right. You know, that's not the way to get them to spend the maximum amount of money on your services, you know. And, um, and you see that all the time. But I, I, I just, uh, you know, I just don't get mad about stuff like that. Like, as a business owner, I get mad on the consumer end. That is complete BS. Yes. I just, it, I can't imagine that it's good for your business. Hey, after we're done, do you want to go? Uh, go to one of those restaurants and we'll split something and make a scene about it. I would never eat at an establishment with a sherry. Well, what, what you'd have to do is you'd have to order your food and then you have to say, listen, can we go ahead and pay the check now? Okay, great. And have them total out the check. And then once you've paid for it. Can you bring me another plate? Don't even ask for the other plate. Just start sharing it. And then when they come and say something for you, you're like, I'm sorry, I bought this food, I own this food, and you don't get to tell me what I can do with this food. Right. What about a milkshake? What if we just split a milkshake? Like with a big straw. Two straws. Yeah. And two cherries. (laughs) Or like the, or like the, what's the movie with the two dogs and the pasta? Lady in the Tramp. There you go. Yeah, Lady in the, the Tramp. One. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, what, we got some interesting topics that we could cover. Well, I wanted to, you mentioned this to me. It doesn't affect me, but it affects you. You wanted to talk about Apple announced about Ross. Yeah. Well, this is in the uh, last week was the Worldwide Developer Conference. Apple's the big thing they do every year or whatever that they talk about what's coming up and changes. And all in all, I don't think that there were any huge, like, new product announcements that came out of it. You know, I haven't, um, gone back you know normally i'll go through i'll just get the highlights from like engadget or you know wired or something or some tech blogs and because they always come out with something and it says oh that'll be neat and most of the stuff i was like oh that's pretty cool and just slipped in there they didn't make a big deal out of it but uh, the new ios which is coming this fall i guess is going to support raw files it's going to support viewing and editing raw files on uh, the ipad and the iphone and stuff like that which is the biggest thing photographers have complained about with the iPad Pro and, and other devices is that you, you want to be able to go on your go on a trip, take your Fuji X100 or whatever, and download the images onto your iPad and be able to look and, and edit them on mobile Photoshop. So it's actually, it's, it's, it's kind of a cool thing. It's kind of a big deal. There's a part of me, and, and I don't know if this sounds like an old guy type thing. Hey! But, but there's a part of me that says, you know, you're doing me a favor, but not really, um, because by hamstringing me a little bit, you're forcing me to actually be in the moment of enjoying my vacation, as opposed to being in my hotel room editing raw images on my tablet in the middle of my vacation. Right. I you know, mean, it's going to depend on the person. You like, know, if you got, if you got, a, if you're going, I, mean, with I know people want it, but it's a shame that you want it. It's a shame <laughs> that you can't be like, well, I'll just, I'll do this when I get home. Right. Right now, I'm going to. Well, I would honestly say that I could think of a few scenarios in which it would be useful to me if I can edit and edit raw images that go straight to an use a cam ranger or something and they'll go straight to my ipad or i'm even shooting tether to an ipad i don't even know if you can do that uh but like right if i'm if i'm shooting and i have a client who needs delivery on site which i happen to have sometimes and usually i have to bring my computer and load them into the computer and edit and then find a wi-fi connection and upload via dropbox or whatever service they have it will be really cool to be able to go like okay they're shooting on the ipad and i could have somebody as they're coming in you know um show them to the client make some adjustments and then you know deliver them via dropbox right off the ipad with its cellular connection or whatever like there are some cool things that you could do with it i don't know that it's particularly practical at the moment but I think that there are some people that have really, really wanted that. Um, We're really moving to the point where 
the laptop and the tablet are going to merge. And there's really, there's just not really going to be a I big difference. I think that Apple's avoiding that big time. I think that they really are. Um, the Apple, the iPad sales have slumped. And, and, and I think that um, other manufacturers are coming out with um, a lot of laptops with touchscreen technology. I know Microsoft's touting their new, their new stuff. Which is like, getting great reviews, by the way. Like one of my favorite photographers, Tim Flack, was on, and he spoke at Imaging USA in Nashville uh, like two years ago, and who photographs animals. He's a phenomenal, phenomenal photographer from England. And he was in a Microsoft commercial. And their whole ah. bit, and and he was doing uh, working on his with a tablet and or with their laptop and with a pen right on the screen talking about how he loves the ability to edit like this and he can draw right on the images and stuff and yeah and so that is changing a lot um, I think practically speaking one of the arguments I saw on um, uh, when I was reading the article is somebody said that with the ability to edit raw images especially now the file sizes are so large that um, the hard drive sizes on tablets aren't big enough to really accommodate, especially right. Apple, which doesn't have expandable memory, where you do have some tablets that you can put in an extra SD card or a micro SD card that's got 32 extra gigs or 100 whatever extra gigs and expand the memory of your laptop. So, like, Well, they've got to figure out a way either by coming up with a new protocol or using USB now. If they can just figure out a way to get a USB jack or the equivalent into a tablet so that we can always – so that we can jack in extra – Hard drive, it solves a lot of problems. They have it on, I mean, they have the Thunderbolt, the Lightning. They have them, like, Apple has the highest throughput connector that they invented that's now on all their devices. And you can do a bunch of crazy stuff with the Lightning and the Thunderbolt. But it's just not, they haven't built it. There's no real file system or way to navigate around on a a tablet, right? Right. Whereas, like, the Windows mobile system, it's basically like using a... Windows. Windows. The problem is, though, that you cannot put enough computing power in these small devices to where it would be a viable editing machine. So I think we're running up against a bottleneck here. The bottleneck's going to be the storage size, and the bottleneck's going to be the power of these machines. And it's getting to the... You ha- I think that people want things out of tablets that aren't super realistic. Right. You know, um, and... Uh, it would be um, it's going to be interesting to see where it goes if Apple does cave and start to create touchscreen laptops but they've always had the um, the the mission as a company typically they try not to if somebody figures something out before they do they just ignore it yes they, they, if you figure it out before we do then that's a stupid and idea. they'll quietly add it yeah. later on <laughs> like the iPhone came out and it didn't do video remember right. the original right. iPhone even up to like the 3G didn't do video and you had to get like third party apps but then it couldn't access the microphone and the video wouldn't have sound and like it just wasn't made for video and then the other phones started coming out you know Samsung and such and such and and, and uh, Nokia and all these other manufacturers and they had all these you know they would oh now we do 720p video etc cetera, etc cetera, or they do video and they do sound and then Apple like added video and then they came out and they added video like now it does. They, they will come out and they'll do it better, but they don't chase. They hate to chase. No. They like to be the smarty pants. They like right. to be the one that comes out with the idea right. first. And so um, I think um, a friend of mine works for Apple and was telling me that it's they view the two devices as separate. Like they, the tablet was never meant to be a laptop. It was never meant to replace your laptop, and that's one of the reasons why they have it that way. So, you know, we'll see how it comes out, but I think that it'll be interesting to see what people start doing with it. Um, there's always un- 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 uh, unintended consequence of technology. For, for example, like when um, apps became a thing, when the App Store came out and then now the Google Play Store, 
there are people have come up with ideas that were never even conceived by the people right. who originally made it. Like I never thought that Snapchat would be a thing or who thought that somebody would come up with the idea for Periscope and now Facebook live and all that stuff. You know, it's, it's, it's like they go Poor Periscope, you know, like the best thing that Facebook Apple, live yeah, is going to crush them, crushed them already. Yeah. yeah. But, but, um, uh, we'll talk about Facebook live. We'll talk about that today too. Cause that's some really cool stuff. Um, the, um, the, the makers never intended the best thing that apple came out with was like it has a compass and ur- and, <laughs> and urban spoon will help you find a restaurant and some people are like and then it was like not too long before yeah here's a thing that it uses the uh, the gyroscope inside and uh, and a map of the stars where you can point it at the sky and it'll show you what stars are there and it'll show you the constellations and somebody's like hey well now everybody has a live broadcast mobile studio in their phone and like just the stuff that comes out of it so i'm interested to see that what technology comes out in response to it. Because anytime anything comes out, a bunch of little things come out around it to enhance it. So now that professional photographers and enthusiasts can edit raw images or will be able to view and edit raw images on their mobile devices, I'm interested to see how Adobe will respond to that. I'm interested to see how Corel and uh, and other programs and other apps will respond to that. It always adds a lot of, it has a ripple effect of, of unintended consequence throughout the other software developers. So I'm interested to see what they'll do with that because somebody's going to come out with something that's going to take advantage of that. Or it may just be a big fat turd and nobody ever uses it. <laughs> like, who knows? Who knows what's going to happen? Yeah, because the power, I mean, my computer has trouble sometimes. Oh, dude, I have the newest iMac available, and I still get the beach ball of death at least once a day. Yeah, so the, the, the idea you can do it on a tablet is just... A little crazy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's basically better to, in my opinion, small JPEGs or medium-sized JPEGs shooting to your thing and you just want to post them to social media stuff. That is super useful. Did you see that Elton John has got a show at a gallery that's going to be happening, I guess, in London someplace of his photography collection? Of images he's taken? No, or? That, he, that, he's, that he's bought. Uh-huh. Apparently, Elton John has like 2,500 photographs that he has bought really yes and they're going to be displaying 150 in a gallery you know in a museum yeah. basically not for purchase or anything just a museum from his collection like when steve martin's paintings go on display. are they all pictures of him i don't know no i don't think so there's like modern modern photography modern art photography i didn't i didn't even know that elton john collected no, I, I I always like to hear about celebrities who were photography enthusiasts, you know, yeah. and appreciated as an art form because it really is kind of like in the fine art world, uh, photography is like the stepchild of painting, so of other forms of art, you know. So it, he's got, he's, I'm laughing because there's something else I want to say. So he's got this thing right. This, but this made me think of something else. Okay, and and do you do this? So I'm watching the O.J. Simpson documentary right now that's on ESPN. It's like a four four part documentary. Yeah, I've seen it. It's been on TV when I was uh, out the other night. I and saw. one of the things they talk about with Nicole Brown Simpson is that once she she got away from O.J., she finally got away from him. She got a divorce, and she had finally cut it clean. And good and, choice of words. And, yeah, and they were like, um, and, and and someone was talking about how you know she finally was she was happy. She was happy to be single. She was starting her life again. She was um, she was excited to get her photography career going. And whenever you hear stuff like that. Your first thought is always photography career. Come on, yeah. you know. I mean, you know, everybody because everybody's always like it's, it's always like I really like to take pictures 
You know what? I'm going to start a photography career. Yeah. No, you're not. No. No. Good luck. Good luck with that. Good luck. Yeah. No, you're not. You're really not. You know, I was thinking so much of uh, success in the photography business happens to be your, like, a lot of it is who you know. Like, we talked to even Russ Harrington, remember, and it was like, he had a cousin who worked for a record label, right. and he started that way, and like, getting in, and, and so many of the rest of us just end up having these businesses where we're like, we're not shooting famous people or doing really glamorous photo shoots. We're grinding it out. Right. Which I like, actually. Sure. I kind of like I do. I kind of like being the uh, the blue collar. I I, I really don't have a problem with it. I don't at all. The level of hand-holding and attention that you have to put into having a few clients who are very expensive and high-profile types. Yeah, not into it. I'm I'm not so sure I want to do that. I do not have the energy for that. I'm I'm listening to an audio book. It's called uh, Fascinate by uh, Sally Hogshead, who's like a branding and... uh, and, Sally Hogshead? Yeah, branding. Yeah, her name. She talks about her name in the book and how it's uh, interesting branding, like Ray Perry. I love her character in Harry Potter. (laughs) Hogshead Village. Mm -hmm. No, she's, she's, anyway, she talks a lot about about those sorts of things in your uh, your business. I would definitely a a read that I would recommend. But thanks for derailing my ultimate thought with the Harry Potter. I forgot (laughs) the point I was going to make about this, uh, her branding and marketing stuff. But anyway, never mind. You don't remember the point? I don't, because you interrupted me. Well, like, that's new. You son of a bitch. By the way, I saw a quote the other day where someone said, um, I'm a nerd, not a geek. It's the difference between Lord of the Rings and Harry Potter. <laughs> and I thought, yeah. I always thought that nerd implied a tremendous amount of, of knowledge and skill set. For example, somebody who um, is a uh, computer nerd knows a lot about computers, right. has technical knowledge, is really into the bits and bytes and all the um, everything that right. goes with it, where a geek is just somebody who likes things. Who's into something. Who's into something. Yes. If you're, yeah. yeah, like, like I'm a movie geek means that I, uh, that I really like movies. If you're a, but movie, I'm a movie nerd, nerd you're into you, filmmaking. You understand like, yeah. everything. You can yeah. make a film. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah okay. that's how, yeah. I, I'll go with that. Yeah, I, that's how I've always, always thought. Yeah. Remember that, was it on, uh, what show was that on, Geek Dweeb or Spaz? Do you remember that? It was like a game show. It was no. a fake game show. It was like, yeah, it was, I think it was Saturday Night Live. It was like, you have to guess whether they're a geek dweeb or spaz. I think it was in the 80s. It was is that like is 80s. that like that popular game show, uh, Craigslist or Drug Deal? Craig's, I love Craigslist or Drug great, Deal. That is such my a great favorite show. game show. Craigslist or Drug Deal. Is this deal? a Craigslist transaction or a drug deal? A drug you deal. decide. I love that show. <laughs> so, so good. Uh, we need to touch again. We talked about this a few weeks ago, but let's talk again about the uh, copyright deal that's going on with PPA. Huge. You really yeah. need to get involved. Okay, If you're not a member of PPA, it doesn't matter. You Does need to get matter. involved. Go to PPA.com and join the action team. It's, it, this is not the thing where they're going to solicit you every day. It's not like that at all. It's just going to make it very easy so that they can send out an email to right. all of us at once that says, okay, today's the day and here's your links. Here's, you know, go to, you know, write to your congressman or write to your senator. A little here's background. Here's a way to do it. Here's a way to do it that's easy. So go and join the action team. Give us some Let's background. Let's give a little background. You go to background. PPA.com slash grassroots. What PPA is trying to do is to um, sponsor legislation, and this is about 10 years in the making, that um, basically uh, small businesses and creative uh, entrepreneurs have not had a recourse when our copyrights get infringed, when somebody takes an image of yours and they use it for something. If, if you were to sue them and to hire a lawyer and it would take a bunch of money and the risk of, of losing and being responsible for all those legal fees – 
um, you know, it's not worth it most of the time because most of the infringements are something around like $3,000 or less. So it's really not worth going after somebody um, legally on our level that most of us operate on. That being said, what's happening right now is PPA, along with a couple of lawmakers, um, are trying to put are putting together and voting on legislation to create a small claims process for copyrights, which will give us the ability to file a small claim just like you can in a small claims court now for property and other things like that for your intellectual property. And this is something that has been PPA has been working on behind the scenes and lobbying Congress for meeting with lawmakers and creating a plan for for the last 10 years. And here's the thing. This is one of these things that we might not get another shot at this for a long, long time. So PPA has created a grassroots campaign where it's getting, and and this is not just something that's going to benefit PPA members. This will benefit every single creative professional in the world or in America. (laughs) That's like, and the thing is, like you said, when the call goes out for us to reach out, we've got to reach out because it takes a long time, right? It's a long, long way to the capital city, right? It's a long, long way while you're sitting in committee. But if you make it, then you'll be a law. I, I would have started singing it if I'd known oh, this. Line. How I hope and oh, yeah. pray oh, a, that I will. But uh, today I am rock. still just a bill. I got it. Took me <laughs> Come on, Gary. I know. I'm sorry. God, so you're out of it. So basically, from the time that um, you get a. a, a <laughs> You're such a jerk. I am. I really am. You step all over your nice. You know, seriously, I, I'm, I'm really trying to get this my out. stupid schoolhouse. From the rock time reference. an idea be- gets written as a bill and has sponsorship and patronage to actually get to the floor for a vote, from the time that it becomes an idea to the time that it, the president signs it into law, is a very long time in some cases. And so we are at the point now where we have lawmakers who are bringing this thing to the floor of the House of Representatives for a vote. Um, and so what the PPA grassroots action team is, if you go to ppa.com slash grassroots, you sign up and they, they email you when it's time to do something. When it's like, okay, it's going to the floor. We need you to email your local representative to, uh, to, to support this bill. And they send out an email letting you know, like urgent, we need you to get on this and right. do this right now. Right. So it's basically all creating this campaign to help this small claims copyright process go through, which would be unbelievable for oh, it'd be great for everybody. And um, the, if, if, if this effort dies without our support, without your support, it could be a long time before we get another chance. So we're getting and we to have a our own, And we would have, only have ourselves to blame and, and you know, shut up about it already. The yeah. next time somebody steals one of your images and puts it on the side of their air conditioning truck and doesn't pay you for it, it'd be your fault because you didn't bother to get involved. Right. And you can't do anything about it yeah. or it's not worth it. You'd have to pay 20 grand to get your two yeah. grand back, you know. Yeah. Like, they, these, these things have to be, they have to be walked through. They have to be, you know, shepherded and walked through. Because if you don't, you turn your back and they're in the car going down to 7-Eleven for smokes. Absolutely. <laughs> it's a callback. It's a call last week's Listen episode. to uh, last week's episode. Okay. Um, so uh, what else is going on, boo-boo? Uh, the Tate Modern, by the way, is the museum where Elton John's collection will be on display. So, you know, if you're interested in seeing it, they will probably post some of the images you know, on their website. But I just find this fascinating because I know, you know, he's in a, you know, do you know, do you know ready for this? Do you know that? Elton John's monthly florist bill is a quarter of a million dollars. No, I don't believe that. His cat for his castle in England. I don't believe that. It's a quarter of a million dollars. I don't believe that. That's, that's got to be an exaggeration. Say. That's I, who's they? Who said that? I don't know. I read it somewhere. <laughs> Probably somewhere. on the internet. Scary. So you know, if you spend a lot of time down at the Seven Eleven buying smokes, you hear a lot of the scuttlebutt <laughs> about about uh, uh, English be knights point, of the realm. That'd be you know what a little over two and a half million dollars a year he spends on flowers. Yeah, that'd be uh, quite a, quite a bit of money. Wow, that's like there are there are whole cities that don't have that kind of operating budget. Right. Like, 
<laughs> but that's why it's, it's it's huge. Maybe it's maybe it's tw- maybe it's twenty five thousand. Yeah, two hundred fifty sounds like a lot. But they bring in. I mean, if you've seen, they bring in like okay, the biggest, most elaborate centerpiece you've ever seen at a wedding. Right. Okay, they bring in like. 20 of these every week. And you know what's funny? He doesn't, his he, he doesn't even go there. Now, well, no. Well, no, he's there a lot. He actually lives in a trailer in New Jersey. Does he, he does not even go <laughs> to, to the castle. I read an interview where he was talking about, you know, that he, he does. He goes, I do the normal stuff when I'm back at home. You know, I, you know, I go, uh, I take the kids to school and stuff like that. And I'm thinking, yeah, I'm in the car line honking. Elton! Pull up! <laughs> pull up! God dang it, Elton John, he never pulls forward when it's raining. No, no, Elton John's kids go to school in the helicopter. Yeah. He's, like, he's, like in the, uh, he's in the 1962 Rolls Royce Phantom that's covered in rhinestones. Pull forward! Pull forward, Elton! <laughs> <laughs> but that's what he does. That's what he does. Here's another Rocket Man, my ass. That's right. <laughs> that's so much better. That's so much better. That may be the funniest thing you've ever said. <laughs> Rocket Man, my ass. That's great. Thanks for po- you so couldn't just let it fabulous. be funny. You have to talk about it. That's of course great. I, I do. It. I'm commending you on it. That's thank hilarious. You, thank you. Oh, you don't thank want you. me to tell you, you that's hilarious. <laughs> That's hilarious. Thank you, thank you, Rocket thank man, you. man, my ass. <laughs> okay. I love that. What else is going on? Um, um, oh, now I'm lost. I'm, too, I'm focused on the Rocket Man joke. <laughs> uh, your book is finally coming out. In October, yeah. yeah. My book, half completed. Uh, that's good, that's good. When you wrote your book, what was the format? How did, how did, what did they send you for writing it? Um... Sweet FA, nothing. I mean, they basically tell you how they, they tell you this is the format. So they, my book is called Photographing Headshots Techniques for, uh, uh, lighting and posing the close up. And so, um, and it's available on Amazon right now for sale. Anyway, so, um, the Amherst Media, who is the publisher, right. uh, has a, has a house style that you have to write in. It's not like I just sat down and wrote this narrative of the history of blah, blah. It's 60 images. And each image. Oh my God! Sixty? Oh, you dog! Just sixty. It's sixty images, and each one has to demonstrate a different technique. Right. And then, uh, and then you write three hundred words or so to accompany each image. Okay. And then you also supply two to six support images for each image to further demonstrate the point. And so... Um, uh, oh, so really it's 120, 180 images. Basically, but you you have the main images, and then you have uh, you know the other ones. And Sixty sessions. Yeah, and you can pull three images from each session. A main image, no, and then like, two supporting. Well, if I if one of the images might be you know using a beauty dish, right? And then so I'll have the main image, and then I'll pick other images from another session, like three or four images from other sessions that also demonstrate that point. Let me tell you, when you're talking about headshots specifically, it is really hard to find sixty different. I still things. don't know how you did it. <laughs> it's it is I, that's why it's taken me so long to do it because I really have been working on making it good. So it'll come out in October. It's available for pre-sale on Amazon. It's like twenty six bucks or something like that. So, um, but it's uh, yeah, I'm very proud of it. It's I was I'm just going through like the final like really nitpicking, going back at all the images, and we've we've talked about this before. I'm going back to images that I photographed like three or four years ago that's in the book, and I go, why the hell did I retouch it like that? Oh yeah, so no, I've don't had to go, never go back, <laughs> don't go back, no, don't don't look back. I've had to go back to the raw image on several and go. The raw image is better than what I ended up with. What the hell was I yeah. thinking? You know, yeah. I've had to go back and re-edit a bunch of images because my style of editing has changed. You keep your raw images? Um, for a headshot session, like most of my headshot sessions, are like two gigs. It's like not yeah. two or three gigs, so it's not a big deal to keep them. You know, um, so yeah, I keep the raw images. 
for most of them. The way they're doing it now, because they've changed a little bit since you wrote your book, because I'm writing a book, and now they have a new format. Same publisher. Yeah, same publisher. Um, and they send you a PDF file that has squares for image, image, image. This page has four images. This page has four images. This page has, you know, it's a double page spread. And so for me, it's like 160 to 180 images that have to go in. And I guess I could do it a little bit the way that you're doing it, and they'll let you do that. Um, but they're trying to make it so that they really want image, image heavy. But they're making it less wordy, right? Like you don't yes, have to do because they said the biggest problem they have is a photographer. One of the problems they have, photographers aren't the greatest writers, uh, you know, authors. Except for me, of course. And me too. Now, my problem is now I'm like, no, I want to write more. I can write. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But what I've noticed with my book is it's evolved from what I started out to do. My book is on bar mitzvah photography and what I've started out to do. But because of that format, now I really finally realize what my book is and what my book is is a shot-by-shot guide to a bar mitzvah. If you're going to shoot a bar mitzvah from the moment you first have to shoot a portrait session with that kid till all the way through the end album process, it's every friggin' shot you will take. That's so, going to be cool. That's, that's the idea. And I don't think there's a, even a book in existence on mitzvah photography. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if there is or not. You might have the I haven't looked one. because I don't want to know because I'm afraid I'll look and there'll be like a really great one and I'll be, oh, what am I even doing this for? Yeah. So I prefer just to not even pay attention. I would love it if uh, uh, Jerry Gionis were to listen to yeah. the podcast and go like, <laughs> I'm going to go one. shoot a few bar mitzvahs. <laughs> there'll be one tomorrow. There'll be one tomorrow. Hello, guys. Guys. I've got a job dirt at my table and a, for sale for $18 if you'd like to buy my job dirt. But yeah, so that's, that so that's basically what I'm doing. Whereas yours is much more about technique. Mine is about technique too. But it's also about, you know, here's the shot-by-shot guide. I mean, you could literally pull the book out of the bar mitzvah and say, have I gotten, oh, I haven't gotten this, I haven't gotten uh, well, this, mine's, I haven't There's no rhyme this. or reason or flow yeah. to it specifically. There's only one, there's one section where I do five different retouching techniques that those are kind of similar and we'll right. be together. But for the most part, it's like, here's a technique, here's a technique, here's a technique. There's no like square one, starting at square one and moving forward. It's just, you know, with the lighting diagram, the equipment used and stuff like that. So it's, uh, so that, yours sounds better. I think I might. Like no, that. no, different. <laughs> Different. Hey, so we'll be published authors. That's we exciting. will be published authors. Counselor. Okay, counselor. Counselor. Okay, doctor. 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 Very counselor. exciting. No, that's cool, man. So, yeah, well, when, when's yours supposed to come out? I have no idea. Probably uh, the, the deadline. The deadline was two weeks ago. It was, <laughs> was supposed to be ready two weeks ago, and I'm about halfway through it. But then we bought the house, and we, it's been oh, just nonstop. That's work. what we need to do. Let's get a little update on the house hunt. Boo race. House hunt. I can't get, get enough. enough. Okay, so um, I had to see. I had a little woo so, on the end there. so um so this is not my first time buying a house, and um, you you remember what it's like to buy a house, but then you forget a little bit until you buy a new house, yeah. and then, and then you all oh, that's right. You buy a house, and they basically reserve a spot for you at the Home Depot and the Lowe's because you're there every single day for a year right. because you've got to change this and fix this. And what we did is, and this is what gets me: we bought a really nice house, a little bit older house, ninety five, I think it was built, uh, nice house and everything. People took good care of it, beautiful home, and then we basically have just decided to rip everything out of it and redo it from you know and redo it from the scratch. And, yeah. and I'm like, why did we bother to buy all this? You know, it had decent carpet and everything. Well, all that's got to go, and the paint's in pretty good shape. We've got to repaint every room. You know, it probably had a way she'd rip out the railings on the on the on the staircase and replace those. Stairs. You know, although there is something to be said for. Um you want it to you want to make it yours and you have a cool opportunity because you do you have a house that you're living in and you don't you're not yes, in Yes, we can take suit. our time. Yeah, so you're going to take your time to be able to make it the house you want whereas like we had to move into our house quickly. And so we right. basically still haven't done all the stuff we wanted to yeah, do. Yeah, because we because we can do that. We were like 
Let's you know just what? do it. Let's get everything done so that when the movers finally move us, it's done. It's not, we're moved in, and you know, we need to repaint that bathroom. Right. No, it's done. Yeah. You're, the way you're doing it, although it's, I'm sure it's stressful now, is better. You know one of the weird things about buying a house, though, uh, is the more you like the house and the older the house is, and I don't know, maybe, maybe other people are like, I don't care. But this house, I'm standing in this, it's a beautiful redone kitchen. And I'm looking out in this, the great backyard. It's got a beautiful backyard. It's on the water. Uh, it's nice. And I'm looking around I'm like, this is really nice and really homey. And I'm going to enjoy living here. And my family's going to be, my kids are going to be growing up here. And then there's a little bit of sadness for the people who lived here before. Like they had those memories here. And now they've had to leave them behind. Screw them. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, because I know for a fact, the people who we bought the house from, uh, their kids are grown and off in college and so everything. So they don't need the house. So the house is too anymore. big and so they've moved on. But I, but looking at the house, you can tell and looking at the yard, you can tell they put a lot of care into this house. Right. And you're like, it's, you know, that there's got to be for them. This is the house my kids grew up in. It's kind of beautiful in a way. You know, and you pass it on. And, you know, like Toy Story, you pass it on in Toy Story 3. But but at the same time, you're like, it's got to be, you know, and we we don't really have that because we've lived in enough houses to where there's no one house that's like the house. The kids were born in one house, and then we lived in another house, and now we're in this house, and finally we're going to this house. The lady who had our house before we bought it was there for 17 years, and uh, she wrote us a little note and got us a little potted plant, and it was like, Talking us how how she hopes that we have as yeah. many good memories as she had. It was and she had the house professionally cleaned. Like she did not have to do that. Right. Like and she made sure she left a couple little things around the house for us and told us what they meant and what they're for. Well, that's one of the things. And, like it was where, really cute. Where we even have a couple of things. Like we have a little ceramic cross. Uh, and Julie and I are not particularly religious, but we have a little ceramic cross that she put up there. And she goes, well, I put that up there in such and such a year, and uh, it's to protect the house from hurricanes. Well, you can't take that down. And so I'm like. I'm I'm not superstitious. That's the hurricane like, killer. Like as soon as I take that down, a hurricane's right. gonna come and knock right my to house the down. wall. <laughs> yeah, hurricane. <laughs> somebody order a hurricane. <laughs> um, I need somebody to sign for this hurricane. Yeah, someone needs to sign for the hurricane. Rocket man, my ass. <laughs> so um, you want to what to your? <laughs> so that's so that's uh, so that's kind of weird, you know. But the studio, the upstairs studio, my my room is done. You really okay? Yeah. Cool. And we got to lay some uh, some quarter some inch laminate down. In we got there. the laminate down. We got the uh, the baseboards in. We got to put a little quarter round at the bottom of the baseboards. And you think it'll for be gaps. good for, to shoot in there? Uh, well, there's enough room. Yeah, I'll take you over there. We, we you haven't even been there yet, and uh, I think it's going to work. Cool, as such as it is. I think it, w- what's going to happen is it's going to be a little shooting space, and then in two or three years, I won't be using it enough. And I will turn it into a virtual reality room. Yeah. <laughs> well, you can play virtual reality right. Dungeons and, and Dragons. Like a room. Yeah. yeah. I, I'll be like, this is going to be the virtual reality room because it's just a big open space. So I'm going to go ahead and just turn this. You know, when virtual reality Put becomes... Put your VR headset yeah, on. When it becomes cheap enough and, you know, and, and, the, and when it becomes cheap enough and really, really cool, then I'll be like... Let's just turn this into a virtual reality room. That'll be great. Yeah. Then uh, you can... Virtual reality, you're uh, hanging out at Elton John's house. That's right. Battling zombies. Rocket man, my ass. <laughs> That's some quality comedy. Hey, so uh, uh, that's uh, I'm glad that's going well, and uh, you know you're gonna. It's have going okay, but except you know we pulled up the carpet, and then there were cracks in the floor, so now we had to have uh, uh, we had to have special things done to make sure we don't get the termites. And then we went to air conditioner the garage, and we discovered that the air conditioner. Well, we knew this. The air conditioner is 20 years old, and you know what? You kn- and we both had this happen the same week. This week we both had to buy air conditioners. That we're both yeah. buying air conditioners because our air conditioner is so old, and it costs 500 dollars to charge them now because it uses the old Freon, and then it's. 
So it's like, you know, we bought this house and it was under what we were planning to spend. So we managed to save like $20,000. Which you have now spent. That money's gone. Yeah. <laughs> Which makes you think if we had bought the house that it was at the limit of what we could spend, where would we, where would we be getting the money for all the crap we'd be doing to that house? I don't know, man. So that's yeah. really what you need. People, when people say, how much have you got? I got this much for my down payment. This is, okay, take 20% off of that because you're going to need that money once you get in. Right. That's your real down payment. That's what I tell, that's what I tell clients too when they're planning a wedding. I'm like, the last week, before the wedding, I said you're going to spend like five, six, seven thousand bucks extra that you right. weren't planning on spending. It's like stuff just happens, you know. Sure. When you move into a house, it's just oh crap! Now I need a roof. Now I need this or whatever. But so we'll have updates as as we, we haven't moved yes. in yet, and so we'll update. Well, once we get it out. set up, we're 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 going to move in definitely in July, uh-huh. and so that's where the podcast will be. So, so we'll be doing our little live streaming things on Facebook. We do we'll be doing we'll be doing them in the studio. Maybe uh, after you're moved in, we'll do like a live streaming tour of uh, of Bure's new space. That'd be yeah, cool. it won't be much of a tour. It's one room. <laughs> Here it is. Here Good it is. night. There's a wall. There's another wall. And there's another wall. All right. Uh, we've got a lot of stuff coming up. Oh, yeah. Let's roll through this. Okay. Uh, uh, I'm going to be in Jacksonville. And I'm going to do these quick because we spend too much time talking about this Yeah, stuff. let's go quick. Okay. So I'm going to be in Jacksonville on uh, August 23rd. I go to jppg.org if you'd like to come see me speak in Jacksonville. I'll be at the Hampton Inn in Natick, Massachusetts the month after that on the 19th. Go to ppam.com if you'd like to get more information on that. We will both be doing the show live at Focus. That is September 10th and 12th. Go to ruinfocus.com Focus to get information on that. That's right. You will be... I will be... Um, let's see. I've got in uh, July, I've got the PPA Louisiana, uh, their convention. I will be judging their competition and also um, uh, doing a program on headshots. August 4th and 5th, I will be back on Creative Live doing a program on professional portraits. So it's going to be really really cool and uh and then again yeah focus 2016 that's a big deal that's photo a big bo- deal twice on creative live that's a big deal third time oh that's right because you did photo week i did yeah. but yeah but this is your second big this huge, is my second multi-day class yeah yeah because yeah, yeah. Uh, photo week is like what an hour and a half yeah it's like 90 like minutes. a presentation yeah, it's a 90 minute which class. you and i could do in our sleep yeah i could i could literally just wake up be like you have to do a 90 minute class no right problem now. Be like yeah. Yeah, okay somebody <laughs> yeah. get me a beer yeah like, be a problem. Do this. which by the way i want where's to, my shower beer i want to touch on now I'll talk about it later. <laughs> Next episode. <laughs> Finish telling you you're talking about your stuff. No, I'm done. I just want a shower beer. Oh, that Same happened way. to me. Oh, I went to, to let's to, to just totally crush and bring this thing down. I went to um, a funeral uh, a couple weeks ago. We talked about Christine Reynolds, uh, our friend Christine Reynolds, and I went to well, it wasn't really a funeral. It was a memorial. A memorial. A wake. And um, and I feel that had you been there, that this would have happened as well. Um, they they the uh, the uh, pastor got up and he talked. It was wonderful. And then he said, and now I'd like to invite, you know, anyone to come up and speak. And you spoke. Well, I didn't jump at it. I sat there and I waited and I waited and I waited. And then finally one person got up, her next door neighbor, and talked. And then he sat down and the pastor said, does anyone else like to get up and speak? And I looked around and a third of that room was photographers. Right. And I looked around and I waited. And it it gets to that point where you realize I'm now uncomfortable for the person who asked for people to come speak. Right, yeah. <clears throat> and, and so I'm like, well, this, is, this will not stand. I can do this. Yeah. yeah. So I jumped up and I went and I spoke, you know, and, and people... I've heard you were very good. And they laughed and it was a nice little thing, you know. But, um, but that's one of those things where I wasn't going to let that... Somebody's got to go up and speak. And I know I can do it, and so I will do it. And but you worry when you do stuff like that that people think you're like, look at Bure, he's going up to you know, he's always got to be the center of attention. 
Yeah. And it's like... I get that sometimes. No, no, I waited, but someone does need to go up and talk for the photographer. Someone needs to talk about us, yeah. you know? And it's, it's oftentimes, you're the person in the room that's going to be the best person to do the job, and nobody else is stepping up to do it. Right, so, well, I don't know that that's yeah. true. That I don't know that I'm no, the best person I mean, to do the happens, job. It happens all the I just time. know that I've been in the situation where you're trying to get people to participate, and they're not. Right. And you just wish somebody would please participate. And so I feel for you, and so I'm going to help you out. Yeah, I'll, I'll be the first guy to get up and do karaoke. Exactly, yeah. exactly. That's my point. I feel bad for you, so I'm going to jump in. I'm Is gonna nobody help participating out. in the uh, living room karaoke sesh? All right, Gary will kick it off. Yeah. Like, I don't give a crap. Yeah, I'll right? Yeah. Because you feel bad for them. Like they, they're, they're, they've, they've made an effort. They're trying to do something and make something happen, and it's failing, and you feel bad for them. So you're like, I'm going to help you out. I'm going to jump up there you, and do something. You are like the Coast Guard. Um, I'm just saying. Yeah, you're just saving the sinking ship. Yeah, but you're the same way. <laughs> of you course. Know? No, guilty. I'm that guy. I'm you don't just, totally you wouldn't just sit there and be like, that guy's going down in flames, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no, you'd help him. I was, uh, I was at my, uh, the lunch with my big, my family after the wedding, and, uh, we had a friend of mine who got really drunk at the, at the lunch and was just rambling and rambling and giving this speech and stuff. And then my brother-in-law, Paul, he's just that guy. He's just like, he's never going to jump up in front of people unless he has to, but he's the guy who's clutch and he's going to save it. And he just, uh, my friend was rambling drunk and he just, and Paul just stands up and he goes, Hey, all right, good job, everybody. All right, good job. There you go. All right. Thanks so much. And then he like ended it. He played him off. Like literally 60 people were sitting there going, Oh my God, what is happening right now? And Pauly B, Pauly B, uh, if you're listening, oh, thank great. you. He jumped in. He just played him off. Yeah, the band like, started. Right, that's that, right. That, 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 that. Yeah. <laughs> Go to commercial. Yeah. So, oh, one last thing. Uh, White House Custom Color has a special offer for Photobomb listeners. If you go to uh, whitehousecustomcolor.com under sample-sets, you can look at their sample sets, which is a really cool way to um, get an unbranded product menu that you can show your clients to show what you have available. And they're really cool. So any, uh, if you're interested in checking out their sample sets, go to whcc.com, check out their sample sets. And if you buy a sample set, they will give you $20 off, $30 off, more uh, if you spend on a sample set if you use the code photobomb20 all right don't forget you can find us online at photobombpodcast.com you can find us on facebook at facebook.com slash photobombpodcast you can find gary at hughesfioretti.com uh-huh. you can find me at com. and we will see you next week rocket man my ass <laughs> <laughs>